With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SupChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. While many of us have been enjoying the serene springtime atmosphere, what with its milder temperatures and its cherry blossoms, China's business scene has been far from tranquil. As we are about to find out, over the past week, there's been all sorts of drama rippling through the world's most populous nation. Tesla has been hit with a PR disaster for how it's handled a customer complaint. An investigation has been launched into allegations of serious medical malpractice involving cancer doctors, and a new Greenpeace report has named and shamed big tech players for their far-from-gleaming environmental records. With all the news that counts, here is your weekly China Business Roundup. It's been a tricky week for Tesla. The company has agreed under pressure from regulators to share vehicle data with a customer. The customer in question, Zhang Yazhou, had protested atop a Tesla car at a Shanghai auto show on April 19th, citing a crash in February involving a Tesla Model 3 driven by her father. She argued that the crash was caused by brake malfunction, but Tesla said the driver was speeding and didn't keep a safe distance from the vehicle ahead. A video of her protest has gone viral on social media. The local regulator has demanded that Tesla unconditionally provide the car owner with complete driving data during the half hour before the crash. This marks a rare case in which regulators forced the American electric car giant to cough up data logs, even though Tesla has been involved in multiple disputes with customers. Also feeling the heat are some of China's big tech movers and shakers. A report by Greenpeace East China says that the nation's largest internet firms continue to rely mostly on polluting energy sources to power their cloud computing and data centers. According to the NGO, it seems that although China's tech companies are gradually embracing green energy and reporting their emissions, their slow transformation means they're still emitting far too much planet-warming carbon dioxide. The same report presents a scorecard of the green credentials of these big tech enterprises. Tencent ranked first among the nation's nine biggest cloud providers as a result of its transparency and use of more renewable power. Meanwhile, the country's largest cloud provider, Alibaba, fell out of the top spot this year to slip to fourth. 
On a very concerning note, China's top health authority has launched an investigation into alleged medical malpractice after an online whistleblower accused doctors from dozens of hospitals of mass misconduct in their treatment of cancer patients, resulting in higher death rates. Zhang Yu, who identifies himself as an oncologist at Peking University Third Hospital in Beijing, had posted online charges of, quote, mass misconduct and a number of unscrupulous doctors, unquote, in regard to their treatment of over 100 cancer patients over the past year. The following day, Monday, the National Health Commission said it had immediately launched an investigation to verify the issues highlighted by the allegations. Chinese companies are using more financial derivatives to hedge risks from the yuan's fluctuation, indicating greater capacity to manage foreign exchange risks. According to Wang Chunying, a spokeswoman for the State Administration of Foreign Exchange, between January and March, newly signed forward contracts for foreign exchange settlements and sales and the exercise of options totaled just over $290 billion. That marks a 95% rise from the average amount for the same period in 2019 and 2020. Speaking at a Friday press conference, the spokeswoman added that the growth of Forex derivatives outpaced that of trade and foreign exchange settlements and sales during the same period, reflecting increased use of risk-hedging tools. Also, there's disappointing news for anyone hoping to bet on ByteDance. After months of speculation, that the world's most valuable tech startup would go public soon, the TikTok owner has broken its silence on the matter, saying it has no imminent plans for an IPO. In a Friday statement, ByteDance said that, quote, After a thorough study, we believe the company currently doesn't meet the conditions for a public listing. In recent weeks, word had circulated that ByteDance was preparing to offer shares in at least one of its businesses. Shares of the Beijing-based company are privately trading at levels valuing it at $300 billion. But there's been good news for Edigene. The Chinese biotech startup uses genome editing technology to create therapies for patients with genetic diseases and cancers. The big news is that Edigene has raised 400 million yuan, or $62 million, in its Series B-plus funding round led by Loyal Valley Capital. According to the company's Wednesday statement, the round, which is the company's second financing effort in seven months, was also joined by a number of existing and new investors, including IDG Capital, Sequoia Capital China, Lilly Asia Venture, Biotrack Capital, and Sherpa Healthcare Partners. The statement adds that proceeds will be used to advance Edigene's pipeline candidates into clinics and to scale up business operations. And finally, it's also been an especially eventful week for Baiyun International Airport in Guangzhou. The southern Chinese city of Guangzhou has overtaken Atlanta as the home of the world's busiest airport. This marks the first time in over 20 years that Hartsfield-Jackson Atlanta International has fallen from the top spot to second place. The news comes as the coronavirus pandemic continues to disrupt air travel in large parts of the globe. However, Given that China has largely contained its COVID-19 crisis, Baiyun International Airport has resumed operations, making it now the transport hub with the greatest passenger traffic on the entire planet. Let's turn now to Caixin Global Managing Editor Doug Young to give us his take on one of the bigger stories in the news this week. Doug, man, welcome back to the show. And uh, what you got for us this week? Oh, thanks for the introduction, Kaiser. Um this week, we're going to be looking at, at live streaming, which is sort of all the rage in China. 
And specifically, we're going to be looking at the regulator, the uh, internet regulator, and, and a bunch of other government ministries that have all sort of come out with a a set of tr- what they're calling trial guidelines uh, for the this sector. Um, and we'll talk real quickly about sort of what the guidelines say, but I think the fact of the matter is is sort of that this is a, a huge growing space in China. Um, and people are selling a lot of stuff on this. This is really becoming a major place for people to hawk all kinds of wares and services. And people also give uh, tips, I guess, to their, their favorite performers. So it's, it's becoming big business. Uh, and so I think it's become a bit unruly as things often happen in China. And the regulators come out with this. It was pretty simple. It was uh, four main guidelines. Um, and basically, they say the aim is to regulate order in the internet market and protect people's legitimate rights and interests. Well, that's pretty standard government wording. And then from there on, they're saying people have to do things like create special registration systems for account holders uh, and, and ways that they can cancel accounts. And this is, again, for the people who sell stuff on the internet uh, because you know everybody and their mother can do this live broadcasting stuff. But this is really for people who are selling stuff on the internet. Um, and then, you know, other things like people have to clearly identify themselves as either a live streaming operator or a studio personnel, which I'm not sure why that's important. But obviously, they've decided that is I'm, I'm not a big fan of these uh, channels, so can't talk too much about that. But anyhow, that's that's the big story. And it's it's, you know, it's a booming industry. And some might say crackdown. Others might say they're just trying to bring order to the sector. So it's either a crackdown or an attempt to bring order to a chaotic sector, depending on how you look at it. But but why is it happening right now? Well, again, this is uh, in response to a lot of things that have been happening on the space. Uh, there was a, a pretty colorful, I guess, uh, dispute towards the end of last year involving a an online personality, a guy named Shinba. Uh, and this was – it all started with um, – he was selling a product. I guess it was bird's nest soup or, or whatever it is. It's not bird's nest. You don't actually sell the bird's nest, but it's like you boil them in water and you get the the. It's the you go after the bird saliva is what they're after. Um, but anyhow, uh, some person performed an independent test and determined that the stuff that was being billed as bird's nest soup and being sold by Shinba was actually only like zero point one percent you know, uh, bird saliva. And and so this whole thing broke out about uh, false advertising and wars of words broke out and this and that. And and there really is, you know, you can really sell anything you want. Another thing that's been sort of controversial is kids uh, getting hold of their parents' credit cards and and just going crazy uh, on these channels, you know, donating whatever, you know, thousands of renminbi uh, to their favorite celebrities unbeknownst to their parents who like, you know, get the credit card bill uh, a few weeks later and discover, wow, they've just donated uh, $5,000, to celebrity XYZ. So it's, you know, there are lots of things happening and this tends to happen in newly developing industries and, you know, it's not not that surprising. So that's why I say it. Uh, you know, some might call it a crackdown. Others might call it a, you know, more of an effort to 
sort of clean up the sector a little bit. So what impact do you think these actions are going to have on the live streaming sector in the longer term? Well, this is very typical China uh, in that, you know, they're, it's, it's a work in progress. Uh, you know, they put out these regulations, but this isn't the first time they've done it. The national broadcasters done some regulations. They've uh, called in people to meetings and had discussions with them. And it's sort of this is the way China does things. So to say this one particular uh, set of guidelines was, you know, the ultimate, it's just not to understand China. China, you know, these regulators are trying to get their hands around something and, uh, you know, they're, they're doing stuff in little bits and pieces here and there. You know, all, ultimately, we could probably or we may see a law come out uh, governing this space. But my guess is, the way things go in China, this will probably just be all the rage for a few years, and then perhaps it'll disappear when the next big thing comes along. Well, thanks, Doug, for filling us in, and we will catch up with you again soon uh, after the May 1st holiday, yeah? Okay. Thanks, guys. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata, with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin of Caixin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Hear stories from Caixin Global, SubChina, Sixth Tone, and many other China-focused outlets on the new China Stories podcast. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SubChina Access for our daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Take care.